You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Never a dull moment uh, from week to week here at TPC, that's for sure. Welcome to another busy night of talk radio this Saturday evening, October the 14th. I'm James Edwards along with Keith Alexander. It's mid-October. The weather is nice and uh, the rhetoric is hot. I tell you what, we always say that we never have to uh, worry about having content. The left always provides us with plenty of it. This week in particular is... uh, Uh, an example of that in spades. Well, here's what we're going to be getting to tonight. Uh, Obviously, I think uh, the main thing on everybody's mind in terms of global affairs is the situation in Israel and in Gaza. Uh, So we're going to be spending about two hours on that, in fact. Uh, Joining us a little bit later on in the program will be uh, Dr. Kevin McDonald, of course, our friend, the Professor Emeritus of Psychology at California State University, Long Beach. Uh, He's going to be offering his opinion there. A little later on still, Paul Fromm, a a little departure. We're not going to spend the whole show on the Middle East, but uh, Paul Fromm, the director of uh, Canadian Association for Free Expressions, going to also appear to talk about a a pretty bizarre situation that recently rocked the great white north. But we have also just added, as of last night, John Friend. He'll be joining us in the next segment. Uh, Of course, the assistant editor of the American Free Press. I thought that the American Free Press, and I have to say, I'm not being a homer here, uh, I got a sneak peek at the most recent issue that's going to be mailed out in a couple of days. And uh, I think it's the best coverage on the situation in the Middle East that I've read. And so we're going to have John Friend on uh, in just a moment uh, to join our discussion about the hostilities in the Middle East. Of course, last week, Keith, the big news uh, was the House Speaker situation. We had Steve King on to talk about that. And, of course, uh, he's very capable of expertly laying out the The scene there from his 18 years in Congress and uh, a week ago tonight when we were talking to Steve in this our first hour, uh, he was talking about how it looked like uh, Jim Jordan had the inside track. And then, you know, between last week and tonight, there was a big shakeup and it looked like Steve Scalise had it all but sewn up. Now he uh, has bowed out and now Jim Jordan's back in the lead again. But that's all been overshadowed by what's going on in the Middle East. But still, it is not settled and there still seems to be a lot of chaos there. Well, Jim Jordan is still 100 votes short, so the matter is still in flux. Uh, You know, nothing has been resolved, basically, between last week and this week. We don't have a Speaker of the House. I wonder if we will ever have a Speaker of the House. I wonder if it's not better for us, as long as we don't, (laughs) the agenda gets slowed down. That's uh, right. If if we can do anything to stop Congress from passing laws, I would consider that a plus. The interesting thing about Steve Scalise, now I'm speculating here as to why he may have stepped down. I mean, neither of them had the votes. Jordan still doesn't. Scalise didn't. you got to get essentially 100% of the Republican side of the house to vote for you all the democrats are going to vote for hakeem jeffries every time and so you have like i think three or four votes you can lose before you're not elected and so it's going to be tough for anybody to get there i think look am i saying he's our guy no but i think of the people that could realistically assume the position so to speak uh jim jordan (laughs) might be the best we could do animal house analogy but in any event (laughs) 
uh, we'll see where all of that goes. Uh, in the meantime, you know, hey. Well, you know, Steve Scalise was supposed to be the moderate choice. Well, uh, i tell you something about Steve it, Scalise. Yeah. It, I don't know if this is why he stepped down, but the media, as it is wont to do, regurgitated the old story that had played itself out about nine years ago about how he had attended a David Duke meeting in 2002. And he purportedly told a reporter that he's David Duke. He sees himself as David Duke without the baggage. Well, now the media makes it seem as though that he and David were in the same room. Now, apparently he may or may not have attended uh, a Euro meeting in 2002, which uh, is and was David Duke's organization. But in 2002, the media makes it sound like they were there together, you know, sort of doing a policy uh, session. Uh, David Duke was in Russia for all of 2002. And I don't know anybody that could go from Russia to New Orleans and back in time for one meeting. They were never in the same room together. Now, the media continues to say that they were. Not that it would have been a big deal in my mind if they had been, but it just goes to show the media just continues to play fast and lose with the facts. Well, the media would treat it like uh, he and David Duke are compadres that are uh, on the same page, uh, if it were only so, but it's not. Uh, you know, Steve Scalise is the moderate choice for Speaker of the House. Jim Jordan is the more right-wing choice, but neither of them really um, meet our standards. Yeah, so if you've got to go with one or the other, we'd, you know, we'd probably but, but Jordan. On the other but that's, hand, that's a tepid, tepid uh, I can't even call that an endorsement. But, but if the moderates in the Republican Party, the Republicans from blue states like Kevin McCarthy, find Steve Scalise uh, unacceptable, too far right, then uh, I don't know that we're going to have a Speaker of the House. Well, again. Uh, the you, rest you, of this term uh, for the next two years. You've got to get all of the Republicans, save four. And uh, as fractured as the conditions are up there surrounding this debate, that just seems like an impossible thing to do. Well, this puts a big point on what the shortcomings of the Republican Party are. We have Republicans who come from blue states, who are basically indistinguishable from moderate Democrats. That's the problem with the Republican Party. That's why we never make any headway for the issues that are important to us and to our listening audience. Let's uh, move now. We're not going to, we spent an hour with Steve King on that last week. Not a lot has changed, uh, but that's the update. And so we'll move on from that now uh, to this. How much time do we have, uh, uh, Miss Producer, before the music starts? I want to see if I can slip in this clip. Two minutes, that's enough for me to play this. This is Pat Buchanan in 2009 on MSNBC uh, warning that the brothers of five little girls uh, that were killed by an Israeli bombing of Gaza in that year would grow up to join Hamas and fight Israel. Well, it's 14 years later. Michael Tracy writes, and they're all grown up now. Let's listen to a combative Pat Buchanan here. The Israelis have been hit with for six months with these little rockets, which didn't kill anybody. It was outrageous, cruel, and stupid, and they triggered a blitzkrieg against the Palestinians in Gaza, which in my judgment is an Israeli concentration camp where a million and a half people are locked up, cannot come out or go in. They've been controlling food, electricity, fuel, and the innocent people in Gaza are the ones suffering. Here, concentration camp, Pat, doesn't that diminish the significance of the real concentration camp? No, I'm not talking about a death camp. I'm talking about what the British had in concentration camps in, in South Africa and what the Spanish had in Cuba and what others have had where they bring all these people, lock them in there and treat them with great cruelty and a, and a humanitarian disaster despite what Zippy Livni says. Well, what do you, let me tell you, i tell you how you create people for Hamas. 
You kill 675 people, you wound and injure 3,000. What do you think the brothers and sisters, those five little girls that died, what are they going to be when they grow up? What are these people Hopefully, under this, treated like this? You know. Look, why do you, you think know, the Palestinians... Uh, you know and I know that Hamas's doctrine, I can talk about uh, it right here, I know their is to doctrine. hide in schools, in mosques, to hide among uh -huh. the civilians and use civilians for shields. And you know it is a war crime to use uh -huh. civilians for shields. You should you. be criticizing those war crimes look, I, on the part I, of Hamas. I, I should, look, any war crimes, I criticize their attacks with those rockets, stupid and cruel. But you sit here and tell me that the Israeli people or the Israeli nation have, have treated the Palestinian people with any kind of justice. Those towns hit by the rockets are former Palestinian towns. All right. Well, hey, listen, not a lot has changed since 2009, wait. except for the fact that there's a lot more hatred now than there was then, if you can believe it. We'll be right back with John Friend. The Honorable Cause of Free South is a collection of 12 essays written by Southern Nationalist authors. The book explores topics such as what is the Southern nation, what is Southern nationalism, and how can we achieve a free and independent Dixie. The Honorable Cause answers questions on our own terms. The book invites readers to understand for themselves why a free and independent Dixie is both preferable and possible. The book pulls in some of the biggest producers of pro-South content, including James Edwards, the host and creator of The Political Cesspool, and Wilson Smith, author of Charlottesville Untold, Arkansas congressional candidate and activist Neil Kumar, host and creator of the Dissident Mama podcast, Rebecca Dillingham, author of A Walk in the Park, My Charlottesville Story, Identity Dixie's Patrick Martin, and yours truly, Michael Hill, founder and president of the League of the South, as well as several other authors. The Honorable Cause is available now at Amazon.com. Matthew 24, 24 teaches us that the church is deceived today. Deceived Christians call themselves Judeo-Christians. Around 1900, Jews commissioned the Schofield Reference Bible, which transformed the Jews from Christian killers to the chosen people. Here's the truth. America is in the Bible. Revelation 21, our form of government came down from heaven. Verse 3, the many Christian ministers at the Constitutional Convention sought God's will. The God-given rights in the Constitution were ordained by God. America is the new promised land for Christian Israel, and Christians are the true chosen people. True Israel is Christian. Listen to Jesus, quote, my sheep follow me, unquote, and, quote, you do not believe because you are not my sheep, unquote. John 10, 25 through 27. The beast has transformed America into the woman mystery Babylon, Revelation chapter 17. For the complete Bible study, write to Christian Knuckles, P.O. Box 210813, Royal Palm Beach, Florida, 33421. James Edwards, Keith Alexander, John Friend, assistant editor of the American Free Press. Uh, we'll let you say hello very quickly, John, and then we're going to toss it right back to you after Keith uh, has a quick uh, response to the Buchanan clip we played a moment ago. How are you doing tonight, John? Hey, I'm good, James. Thank you very much for having me back on. I appreciate it. It's always an honor to speak with you. 
Well, it's great to have you back, uh, especially on such short notice. I think we uh, got you booked uh, last night, in fact. Uh, Keith, before we toss it back to John, because he's got a lot to say and he's only on with us for a couple of segments tonight, uh, we played to sort of open up our discussion of the situation in the Middle East, which will continue through uh, the second hour from this point forward. Uh, We played a clip from Pat Buchanan. Well, even back years ago, Pat Buchanan was voice in the wilderness speaking up for the interests of the Palestinian people who are treated horribly. Well, I don't even know if that's what he was doing. I think he was just being objective, an objective commentator. Well, what he was saying was that the uh, Palestinian people have been grossly mistreated by the Israelis. Uh, They continue to be treated badly. What we're seeing right now, we're on the cusp of having basic ethnic cleansing against all Palestinians within the borders of Israel. And he spoke up about it. And as usual with Pat, when he hit the nail on the head, you drive it straight. He said exactly what needs to be said. Now, the Jewish guy that was on the show with him objected to him using the term concentration camps to describe uh, the Gaza Strip. Apparently, that's one of the phrases that they think they have a patent on, like Holocaust. But, you know, that's exactly what it is. They've concentrated these people into this seven by 25 mile strip of land uh they ration water electricity and food to them keep them on starvation of uh rations and rations and now they're driving them out look three of they say three days and then we're going to cut off the water the electricity everything what if we did that to the american indians here do you think that the rest of the world would have an outcry against america for doing that to the American Indians. And see, the Palestinians are like the American Indians. They're the original inhabitants of that area. Now, I asked you, I said, well, the, the, you know, the woke would say, well, what about the reservations? Well, What's the, the res- difference? Well, the reservations, they have their own government there. They can have gambling casinos there. Some of them are wealthy as uh, wealthy can be. And also, they also have the right to step out into American society generally and uh, enter into the society as full U.S. citizens. The Palestinians don't have that. They're not Israeli citizens. All right. That's just an opening salvo. John, as I said, and thank you again for coming on uh, tonight, because when I saw the latest issue, which hasn't even uh, hit subscribers' mailboxes yet, I said, we've got to get John on uh, to break this down. So there's two articles, uh, page one and then uh, page two. The Fog of War is one, and then you wrote... Uh, an entry as the associate editor on page two. Uh, where would you start with regards to breaking down American Free Press's coverage of what's happening in the Middle East for the audience tonight? Well, I mean, yeah, there, there's so many angles that we could address with this uh, current situation, this ongoing conflict. And just to comment briefly on the Pat Buchanan statement and, and sort of what Keith was talking about, I mean, due to Jewish control of information in the mass media in this country, we are never presented like an objective perspective and analysis of what's really going on in this part of the world. We're only ever presented one side of the story. And of course, that's Israel's side of the story, which is very dubious and and in many cases fabricated and not even true. And that is clearly going on with this current conflict. Um, We're never, you know, we're never told about Israel's, frankly, genocidal policies towards the Palestinians or the true history of the creation of this state, which was founded by literal terrorists who openly talked about genociding Palestinians and, you know, other people in the area. And this is exactly what many of these people in the current government openly talk about. Netanyahu is back in power. He's been involved in Israeli politics for over two decades at this point. And um, he's got a very hardline government, probably one of the most, 
you know, Zionist, um, fanatical governments that's, that's ever been in power in Israel, from what I understand anyways. So it, it's, it's a very one-sided situation that, uh, you know, Americans are presented with. So we just simply don't have the facts and the true history of what's really going on in this part of the world. Well, I, um, I think, oh, go ahead. No, you, please, John, you're the guest. Go ahead. No, I mean, I was just going to say, I think the, the, the most important point I would make is that, number one, I mean, none of this would be happening if it weren't for America's unwavering support for Israel, no matter how outrageous or treacherous or criminal or genocidal its That's actions $12 billion towards, a year that we give to the Israeli government. Well, I, I mean, it's, it's just unlimited piles of money. And I mean, we, we've been seeing this play out with Ukraine, but I mean... Israel has been basically the Ukraine for the past 60 years since its creation. We've been handing untold amounts of money towards this country, not only money, but weaponry. And, you know, we'll give them like a loan and then like forgive the loan. I mean, it's just outrageous. We just give them so much money. And, and we share all of our military secrets and hardware with them. They, uh, you know, they have nuclear weapons. They have. Uh, the uh, access to the best military technology that America has access to, and it, enough is never enough. I I, I want to yeah, approach exactly. this tonight. I I have poured over this for a week. I mean, the time spent preparing for a show outnumbers the amount of hours we spend on the air by about two or three fold at least every week, and. I've been reading a lot about this, uh, trying to decide how I wanted to approach it. And I, I think I do want to approach it in a, in a Buchanan-esque type of way, understanding that, hey, war is hell. I think Trump's uh, Charlottesville comment here, and I'm paraphrasing, there's good guys and bad guys on both sides. I mean, that's probably applicable. What you're saying, John, of course, is is you know, historically, I'm not going to push back against any of that. Uh, but I guess I'll be the good cop tonight. Y'all can be the bad cops, uh, per se, but um, or, or to, to put it that way. But I mean, I, I the one thing you wrote in American Free Press, always be skeptical of war news and atrocity propaganda. Hey, there ain't no propaganda like war propaganda. Now, here you have, I think, something that just cuts straight to the credibility of everything we're seeing. Number one, the first thing I noticed is, wow, when something happens to the Israelis, and look, some of those scenes you saw, I mean, hey, if you're a human being, you don't like to see it, uh, but you see these things, and you do see these things. You understand what I'm saying? You see this stuff as soon as it happens. It comes over. You don't ever see it on the other side. And you never hear a, uh, a discouraging word or a different viewpoint. All of this war propaganda, you know, about the beheaded babies and whatnot, it reminds me of the war propaganda in World War One about the German troops throwing Belgian babies in the air and using them for bayonet practice. Well, it's interesting, isn't it, John? Because, I mean, you had Joe Biden just lying through his senile teeth saying he had seen this stuff. I mean, it has been debunked, but it was in newspapers all over the world. This lie right. about the, the beheading of Israeli babies... Uh, it was in newspapers all over the world. It, that lie made it a, a trip around the world before the truth could get its boots on. And if they're lying about things like that now in the age of where everybody's got a cell phone, and they're connected to the Internet, and you can actually see what's going on. I wonder what they would have lied about, you know, I don't know, 80 years ago. Uh, right. It's been a lot easier. But well, anyway, yeah, so talk yeah, about that. The thing. Yeah, no, I mean, look, that was like really the main focus of the – the personal that I wrote is, I mean, wars are absolutely based on lies. Certainly over the course of the past hundred years or so throughout the 20th century, I mean, pretty much every war America has been involved in has been based on nothing but lies. We've seen all sorts of truly absurd and fantastical atrocity propaganda come out about the, you know, Keith had mentioned the Germans in World War One. Certainly we all know about the 
the alleged, uh, you know, the Holocaust story and all the, the, the tales of, of that alleged event that have been um, systematically reinforced and perpetuated despite them being debunked, you know, over and over again by serious, legitimate historians and, and investigators. And I mean, even in, in you know, our, our current era with uh, this conflict between uh, Russia and Ukraine, Putin has been accused of being a war criminal. The Russians have been accused of committing all these war crimes. I mean, this is how the mass media works. They, they they create these stories, these narratives, and the media runs with it. And before you know anybody knows any better, it's 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 rumors, and everybody's talking about it. And then the truth sort of trickles out. And I think that's exactly what's going on with this conflict right now. I mean, the the the, the forty beheaded babies. I mean, it's just so absurd. This is not I mean, even the, the this is not even believable. And yet, it's so well, emotional. I mean, it's that, so traumatizing. People do, you know, sort of blindly accept it, especially well, I, when I, it's being it with it. reinforced. Let, let me ask yeah. you this. I got to say this before you ask, Keith. I mean, the truth is usually somewhere in the middle, maybe a little more uh, to this side or to that. But yeah, I mean, right. Well, the, the, also, for, the, the beheading of all these babies. I mean, and, and the, the same is true about World Wars One and Two. I mean, were there probably some atrocities? Absolutely. Uh, did did it all? Did it was it all? Did it all happen, or did none of it happen? I can't. No, that's well, not it. I mean, you know, this, the, it's somewhere in the middle. Lampshades and soap? I don't think yeah. so, Keith. Well, I have seen tapes or vignettes from this where the Hamas fighters are saying, let the women and children go in uh, a particular thing. So, like you say, that's never going to get reported. Let's get right down to the nitty-gritty on this, John. Is this a false flag? Is it mm. a partial false flag? What do you think the truth is about this Hamas invasion of Israel? You're going to have to hold that answer, but ponder it over this break. Is it another 9-11? Uh, a lot more questions than answers, uh, as this is still only about a week old. I think uh, th this pretty much broke out last week, uh, right around the time we were going on the air. Uh, we'll be right back. More from John Friend and the coverage that American Free Press... Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Skip Kelly. Palestinians in northern Gaza are fleeing in a mass exodus after Israel gave 24 hours notice for more than 1 million residents to leave and head south before an expected ground offensive. Hamas has vowed to fight to the end and told residents to stay. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says Israel has only just begun to retaliate for last week's attack by Hamas that killed more than 1,300 Israelis and seized scores of hostages. Some 1,500 Hamas military Militants have been killed in the fighting. Authorities in Gaza say the siege by Israel has taken over 2,200 lives, half of them children and women. Secretary of State Blinken met with Saudi Arabia leaders today. Laura Winters has more. It's uh, vitally important, and I know that our countries agree uh, that we uh, work together to make sure that. To the best of our ability, this conflict does not spread uh, to other places uh, on other fronts. The Biden administration urging Israel to delay ground raids until there is safe passage for Palestinians looking to leave Gaza. Now, one American woman living in Israel for the past eight years, Abby Own, telling Fox News her entire family has been kidnapped by Hamas, a 13-year-old girl with special needs, two 16-year-olds, a 50-year-old man, and an 80-year-old grandmother. The woman calling this a holocaust and beyond evil. 
Reuters reports one of their video journalists was killed and six other journalists were injured in southern Lebanon when they were hit by missiles fired from the direction of Israel on Friday. Two of the big three Detroit automakers are laying off more employees due to the ongoing strike by the members of the United Auto Workers. Stellantis, the parent company of Chrysler and Ford Motor, will temporarily lay off an additional 1,250 employees combined. Just over 34,000 UAW workers are on strike, which is now approaching the one-month mark. This is USA News. Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer, and again, airfare... What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? Low-cost airlines. With one call to low-cost airlines, you'll drastically slash your travel costs. We're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations. Where would you like to go? London, Rome, Costa Rica, Australia? Wow, that's cheap. So why wait? Call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the U.S. or international. Our prices are so low, we can't publish them. The only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airline travel. It's that easy. So call now and start packing. 800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141. Of course, there's the old cliche, one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. But is it not true? I mean, why are the founding fathers seen as patriots instead of terrorists because because they won and why are the confederates not seen in the historical light that they should be seen in because they lost and as far as war crimes go pearl harbor was bad but dresden was good Uh, i mean what was dresden if not a war crime so all of this stuff you know you got it you got to just look at it on a level and on a balance and try to be objective it is very difficult to be objective about such you know emotionally charged topics but that's what i'm attempting to do tonight keith well that's a historical perspective the here and now perspective is why is there no spokesman for cnn msnbc nbc abc cbs uh any of these major news outlets in America that has anything except vituperation to say about the Palestinians and their role uh, in this raid. Well, that's a separate topic, and I think we know the answer. And, but, but, And also about what's happening to the people in the Gaza Strip. They uh, are victims if there ever were victims. And like I said, if we tried to do something like that in America to the American Indians— I mean, all of the world would rise up in outrage. Well, but uh, uh, Israel can do this, and certainly, never has heard a discouraging word. Certainly, a lot of uh, innocence in that uh, open air concentration camp, as Buchanan called it. But we're with John Friend, the associate editor. Sometimes I call him the assistant editor. I use the words assistant and associate editor interchangeably, just like the. Uh, There's just professor. like the the, um, the media uses white nationalists and white supremacists interchangeably when they're talking about us. But uh, any event, John Keith asked before the break, and I, I got to get to some more questions that you posed in your in your article here for American Free Press, which I'm looking at right now. But uh, is this another 9/11? Is this a false flag? Well, that's false that's flag? certainly. 
That's certainly what how they've been describing it in Israel in the media. This is Israel's 9/11. This is Israel's Pearl Harbor. I've been, you know, as you guys both know, I I I follow the explicitly Jewish press pretty closely and that's really like the main narrative that they've been they've been pursuing is that this was Israel's 9/11 and not, you know everything's going to change after this which is the same sort of well, what do they we, mean by that though heard, i think it was their 9/11 too but maybe not no, the no, same no more mr nice guy when were they ever mr yeah. nice guy to the palestinians right. right keep going well that's true well you know i mean i do have a lot of questions about how this all allegedly went down it's very very sort of mysterious i mean how israel apparently was caught off guard with this attack i mean i have a hard time believing that what, considering John, John, how locked down Gaza is in other parts of the West Bank. And if you you know, their this, security this services, too, are our tops in the world. You know, they've got – Well, all right. John addresses this. John, if you don't mind this, uh, this one interruption, we're going to give you the floor for a long landing here. But uh, I'd like to read the questions that you posed in your article, and you can choose which one to take, but all of them are provocative and uh, are wonderful food for thought. They're all uh, – Great thought exercises. All right, here, here were the questions you posed in your article for American Free Press. By the way, folks, if you haven't subscribed yet, AmericanFreePress.net, AmericanFreePress.net. But, John, in your article you write that um, numerous questions still remain that mainstream newscasters should be addressing about the events Israel is exploiting to justify op Operation Flatten Palestine or whatever they end up calling this military siege of Gaza. For instance... How was Hamas able to acquire 5,000 missiles without Israel or the United States knowing? Where do you hide 5,000 missiles in an area barely the size of uh, barely twice the size of Washington D.C.? How did Israeli forces fail to detect explosions and bulldozers blasting holes in multiple spots along the thick concrete wall surrounding the Gaza prison through which Hamas fighters entered Israel? These are wonderful questions, and they continue. Did Joe Biden actually see the photos of beheaded babies, as he said in a speech? The Jerusalem, the, the Jerusalem Post claims it has seen photographs of the corpses of burned babies uh, but were they beheaded while still alive by Hamas fighters? Uh, we wait to see some per, uh, persuasive And what proof. about the Iron Dome that was supposedly impregnable? Why didn't the Iron Dome well, knock down any of these missiles? We got time later, Keith. These are his questions. Uh, if the, But that's a good one. If uh, Israel has other atrocities, uh, photos, wouldn't it uh, help them to show them uh, to sway vacillating world opinion? How did the Wall Street Journal know within hours of the onset of the attack that Iran had planned and funded the operation, quote-unquote? Will Israel's coming massacre in, in Gaza galvanize support for Palestine? And, of course, who benefits? Who benefits from these tragic events? How could it be uh, possible uh, that the Palestinian people will benefit and unless Israel is, is defeated? the question is, what, what will Iran's response be? All right, go. All John, you got a lot of questions. Well, I mean, that, which one would you I, even want to tackle? That, la that last one is probably the most important one. I mean, who is going to ultimately benefit from this? I mean, I don't see how Hamas or the Palestinians are going to benefit, considering Israel is about to totally flatten the whole entire Gaza Strip which they're openly talking about doing. I mean, they've already done it to a certain extent. I mean, it's been an ongoing policy for 20 years or more now. I mean, these people have just been subjected to the most inhumane conditions. I mean, it really is a concentration camp, as Pat Buchanan described it. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of questions. I mean, I'm very skeptical of the mass media, of course, and all of these atrocity claims about the beheaded babies are very, very... I mean, just not even plausible, not even believable, frankly, in my opinion. And, you, you know, you even see a lot of mainstream reports coming back or coming out now, like sort of walking back these claims, saying, look, it's unsubstantiated. 
it came from a dubious source. It was never verified, you know, but they still, of course, run with it. There, there's no I mean, nuance there's whatsoever a lot of, to what they're saying. No, no, not at all. I mean, and, and you know, since this sort of broke out, I mean, I've been listening to, you know, different podcasts and, and, and you know, news programs and reading all sorts of articles and stuff. And, I mean, there there have been and continue to be credible reports sort of detailing how Israel actually helped create Hamas or at least supported them when they were first getting started sort of as like a check against the Palestinian Liberation Organization. Now, I, does that mean that Hamas is like a total like puppet of Israel or like, a, you know, an arm of Mossad or something like that? I tend to doubt that. I mean, I, I kind of think that Hamas does have some sort of independent agency and legitimacy within Palestinian society. But that being said, the official narrative explaining the situation just really does not add up to me. There's a lot of speculation that this may be some sort of false flag attack or like a, um, you know, Israel, like sort of let it happen on purpose type situation where they wanted this to happen in order to justify targeting Gaza, which is exactly what Netanyahu and all these other you know, hardliners in the Israeli government want to do. I mean, we ran an article in this most recent issue. It's sort of interesting how this all worked out because this situation happened over the course of last weekend, and we were already sort of getting articles together even before this happened. And there's been all this press coverage, which, I mean, this has been going on for a long time, but it's sort of generating international headlines and creating this international scandal now because of so because of social media basically where christians in the middle east and the holy um the holy quarter of jerusalem are trying to conduct you know christian services and they're being spat upon by sometimes by these little jewish orthodox children are spitting on these christians in the streets of jerusalem and it's creating this international scandal and this is just one example of just how the American public is not given the full picture of what's actually going on in this part of the world. And this sort of behavior is, I mean, very, very minor compared to a bomb being dropped on your house or on your apartment block or something like that. But this is the sort of people that we're dealing with. These people are ruthless and America has provided unwavering diplomatic and military financial support to this rogue terrorist government this rogue terrorist regime since its founding. And I mean, I've argued for years that there is just simply overwhelming evidence demonstrating that Israel and an international network of Jewish criminals tied to Israel were responsible for planning and orchestrating 9-11, which is really what kick-started this whole global war on terrorism. And I mean, these people were openly talking about how they needed a new Pearl Harbor to justify this global war on terrorism, yeah, and what, which is ex what, the that, exact that same rhetoric. Question, it's the same rhetoric, rhetoric we see right now unfolding in Israel. Well, that, the question that raises, to me at least, uh, John, is what has this been designed to kick off? Is this to kick off uh, the end of the two-state solution by driving all the Palestinians out of Israeli territory? Is it to start another war? Is it to start a war with Iran? What are your thoughts on it? Well, that? I mean, honestly, I think it's probably, I mean, it's looking like it's sort of all of the above. I mean, they absolutely want to drive the Palestinians out of Israel and create this, you know, monolithic Jewish state. That I mean, that's sort of been their policy from day one. And, and now they have their, you know, new Pearl Harbor to sort of justify that sort of, uh, 
you know, overt aggression and justify it in the eyes of the international community, which with their, you know, sympathizers throughout the West, this very complicit mainstream mass media, they're, they're, you know, they've largely been able to do at least thus far. Um, and, you know, that's another interesting aspect of all of this is like, you know, we see a guy like Keith Woods, this guy is just absolutely dominating social media he's systematically like debunking all of these claims and yet they just conti <laughs> they continue to double down it's like the facts truth does not matter to these people all right john music's playing i know you got to go to a wedding tonight i don't, I don't think it's your wedding but you got to go to a wedding uh you got to run right now you got two more minutes on the flip side you got to run no i can stick around for a minute all right did, we could, give me we could the, close uh, out the hour yeah oh you can stay the whole hour all right well uh sit tight and we'll be right back hey there tpc family this is James Edwards, your host of The Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-88-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements, too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Okay. All right. Uh, so John Friend is staying with us uh, for the rest of the hour. want to give a quick shout-out to a couple of TPC fans out there. Ralph in Arkansas writes, uh, I pray God will bless you. You and Keith are great patriots. All the shows you have done this year have been really great for Christ. And that's from Ralph in Arkansas. Uh, well, thank you, Ralph, for that. And then this one actually really, uh, this one tugged at my heart's strings a little bit this was uh, from listener mark in california and um, he's out in irvine california and he has been a regular donor to i think just about every quarterly fundraising drive we've done for as long as i can remember in fact perhaps even longer than i can remember with his most recent remittance and thank you mark for the support he writes dear james i was going through old papers and found this from 2008 Thank you for your hard work and good cheer all these years. And he had a note uh, 
uh, that I uh, sent him uh, that he photocopied from 2008. And it reads, uh, Mark, on behalf of the entire hosting staff, I just want to take the time to send you this short note to say thank you. Uh, it is the generous support of men and women such as yourself that enables our work to continue. I realize it's not much to send a simple thank you letter, but uh, no, it represents our sincere appreciation for your kindness. In return, we promise to hold up our end of the bargain by continuing to fight on on a weekly basis for the noble cause that we share. As always, we encourage you to please stay in touch and let us know if you can be a, if we can be of further service. And thank you, Mark, for staying in touch for the 15 years since uh, I sent that. And thank you for sending me that back. Wow, that uh, that was a long time ago. We we share scars, my friends. And for everybody out there, thank you so much uh, for tuning in this evening as we continue our coverage. One more uh, quick email, and this is from uh, uh, another listener from Arkansas. This is Phil in Arkansas. And uh, he writes that Mark Dice had an excellent take on the Hamas attack in Israel. Give it a listen and let me know what you think. And then he's responding to our coverage of Columbus Day last week, Keith, uh, where we celebrated the life and legacy of Christopher Columbus, uh, Phil writes. And this is a very good point, so good, in fact, that I, I wanted to read it right now. We all know about Queen Isabella, but do not forget Queen Elizabeth I. Had she not defeated the Spanish Armada, and the odds were very much against her because the Spanish sent a thousand ships, what is now the United States would be part of the Spanish Empire, which means it would be Catholic and mestizo, just like Mexico. The same for Canada. I bet Keith knows the movie Elizabeth the Golden Age. The Golden Age. Rent it. It's very moving. Well, thank you, Phil. I will rent it, and thank you. Uh, for the comment, and that is a good one. Yes, I mean, yeah, I, I'm glad right. that she sent Columbus, but I'm also glad uh, that we are no, Anglo-Saxon. I've watched that movie in the last several months <laughs> with a friend. All right, so back to uh, John Friend. Listen, I I think here again, I I've got to say, I mean, surely, listen, are there angels on both sides and demons on both sides? I mean, you know, that's pretty much the way it always is in war. But the uh, I think. My position on this is there should be a homeland for all unique cultures and peoples. And I want to see a homeland and what happened, for everyone. And what happened in 1948 in Palestine? They just shoot them off like a flock of chickens. Well, and, uh, all right. And that would be uh, sugarcoating it. Quite frankly, they use force and uh, they, they, you know, the Irgun, who uh, was run by Rahm Emanuel's father, uh, was a terrorist organization if there ever was one. So, you know, we never hear any of that. The Jews have got to have a never, place to. Never, ever, ever. Yeah. I, you know, the Jews need a homeland, too. Well, that's, but, that's, uh, the, age old, that's the age-old question, where do these people belong? Uh, I mean, I, I guess certainly in, don't I guess in Washington, D.C. Hitler, Hitler had a great idea, which was put them in Madagascar. If they'd done that, that's 90 miles off the coast of South Africa in the Indian Ocean. Well, who would want to live in... You know, well, that, they went, that's they, not they, unique they to their historical well, I know, experience. But the thing but. is, that they picked a place... You know, the Muslims right, right, are intractable. Let me just say this. Muslims are intractable. Look at the Crusades. We would send a Christian army over and conquer it. Two centuries later, it'd be back in Muslim hands. You know, if there's ever a group that does not want to cede any type of territory at all to strangers, it's the Muslims and the Arabs. All right. Well, I mean, and, well, here's well, another and, thing, and who, who can blame them? Who can blame them? I mean, this is well, the they, they, these people have been fighting since the beginning of recorded history, and they will be fighting until Christ returns. And that is just the way it's going to be. And I, look, I don't want to see innocent Israeli babies blown up. I don't want to see Palestinians blown up. But that's just the way they do things over there. And, but this is it. It is not 
our war. It is not our war. Yeah, we have nothing to do with it, and that's what we need to do rather than allow these war hawks and these neocons to draw us into yet another Middle Eastern conflict. Well, I mean, and, and yeah, I totally agree. And that goes back to, like, the main point that should be emphasized to everybody is just this would not be happening if it were not for American support, if it were not for American involvement and just unwavering diplomatic, financial, military support for Israel. It's so, it's so one-sided. And all of this really is a direct well, result true. of U.S. foreign policy. And how no, did we true. get? How did we get to be so bamboozled, John? All right, no, no, again, we, we let, let's stay on this topic. I mean, that's a good question, and that and we know. I know where you're going. It is true, but I want to talk about the beheaded babies because I mean, I, John, I, you had written as if it was still in question. I was under the impression that it had been, you know, pretty much debunked and, and walked back are we still in a gray area there because i got some i i, I did a little digging during the three minute commercial break and i'll i'll, I'll share with you some uh, interesting takes uh but where are we at i mean has that has that been i mean they were presenting it as fact it's certainly not a fact whether it happened or not it's certainly not a fact joe biden's saying he's seen it but nobody's seen it because nobody's provided right. any evidence of it they would if they could no i mean i i, I as far as i know this is a rumor this is just unverified testimony that has never been substantiated. And I mean, even like, you know, I mentioned this earlier, even like mainstream media reports are coming out, sort of walking this back, downplaying it, saying, look, you know, none of this is actually verified. Um, so yeah, no, I, this is very much not at all confirmed. Um, but the emotional nature of it, the way it's picked up and amplified um, by not only you know, mainstream politicians in the United States and around the world, but the mass media, I don't know. I, I mean, I've been watching like, I, I mean, I listen to like a guy like Dan Bongino, for example, who's like a mainstream conservative <laughs> guy who actually says a lot of good things, Yeah, but it's just I, yeah, amazing. It's just amazing how these people just I, look, blindly accept this Zionist obvious, like fake news. Well, what, there, ain't no propaganda, there ain't no propaganda like war propaganda. And when they lie about things like this, you wonder what else they've been lying about going back to other wars throughout history. But here, here it Absolutely, is. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, listen, listen. Th I got something here for you, gentlemen. Uh, and this is – now, well, first a, a, a quote and an insight from Brad Griffin. No show is complete without it. He writes, a fire hose of unverified war propaganda to justify savagery in a wider war with Iran is most likely what's going on here with regards to this propaganda. Uh, but this thing about beheaded babies. Now, Max Blumenthal. Max Blumenthal is one of our Jewish friends who has denounced me quite uh, harshly uh, in the past. Uh, <laughs> so uh, when I quote him, know that I quote him, even though I know that he is um, an opponent of ours. Uh, but Max Blumenthal is... Uh, has an interesting take here. Max Blumenthal writes, so far, the lone source for the claim that 40 babies were beheaded uh, was Nicole Zedek, an Israeli state-sponsored media reporter citing unnamed soldiers. She has since issued a clarification. Max Blumenthal, in a separate statement, continues, the story behind the beheaded babies originated from one source, an Israeli reservist who also led riots against the Palestinians earlier this year and who is a member of an apocalyptic cult dedicated to Palestine's destruction. Uh, so 
Again, this lie was printed in newspapers around the world before the truth could get its boost uh, boots on. Now, here's yeah. an honest Israeli <laughs> journalist, though. And to his credit, I give him. His name is Oren Zeev. And then you'll have the, the last word, John. An honest Israeli journalist, uh, I think, has debunked it. And again, to his credit, Oren Zeev writes, I'm right. getting a lot of yep. questions about the reports of Hamas beheaded babies that were published after the media tour in a village. During the tour, we didn't see any evidence of this, and the army commanders also didn't make any mention of it. Uh, right. So, Well, it sounds a lot like, you know, remember when like a, uh, Bashar al-Assad was accused of quote-unquote gassing kids and gassing his own people in Syria. There you go. It's, That's it's the same, Saddam Hussein too. It's the same, same tactics. It's this, yeah, it's the same exact crap. Same thing what's going on in Ukraine with reports of, you know, all these alleged war crimes. It's the same fake news. It's the same fake atrocity propaganda. By the way, um, Keith Woods, who I mentioned, was like, I mean, this guy is just incredible. He's just like systematically debunking all of these claims in real time on Twitter. Um, it's incredible. Uh, he was actually, uh, yeah, is it? you said David Ben Zion, yeah. He's like the settler that has been like the only source of this claim of, you know, be beheaded dead babies. I mean, it's just, it's insane that th this would be picked up and amplified and run with uncritically. I mean, the whole point of journalism is to verify these things before you start reporting them as fact. <laughs> and that's been totally like not at all how we've been doing things for a very long time in the West. But and none of, certainly none when of it comes so, to these events. Same, none of these so-called liberals have a, anything to say to try to you know what about the interests of the palestinians what are they being run over roughshod yeah. this is a you know this is a, a, a you know a, a terrible mis injustice <laughs> nobody, Again, nobody well, says anything like the that. enemy of our enemy is not always our friends the palestinian the arabs the muslims have never been a friend of european people either and, and, and again i, I want to keep a clear head about on this on the other hand we want to be objective we want to say you know there are two sides to every one of these type of arguments and uh the palestinian side is missing in action totally john final word to you yeah well i mean i guess i would just say that like we have this this is all a result of U.S. foreign policy, and look at how American politicians across the political political spectrum—the Democrats, the Republicans, even an independent like Robert F. Kennedy Jr.—they all are towing the Zionist line, the pro-Israel line. They're more upset about this attack than American citizens being murdered by illegal aliens, by our border being violated on a daily basis with untold numbers of refugee, quote-unquote, refugees and asylum seekers pouring into this country they care more about a foreign government a foreign people than their own country and that is so apparent so crystal clear so obvious at this point it's outrageous and unacceptable all right folks if you want to hear if you want to hear more uh check out uh, the american free press podcast with another one of our friends jose nino john friend and jose nino teamed up uh for an incredible treatment on this uh topic which you can find at AmericanFreePress.net. Also, the print uh, edition coverage of this uh, in the newspaper as well. Subscribe today, AmericanFreePress.net. Uh, John, thank you for coming on again tonight, and enjoy the rest of your night. I know you're getting ready to go out and party a little bit, and enjoy that downtime. Every soldier needs a furlough. <laughs> thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good night, guys. All right, we will. Kevin McDonald is up next. All from after that. What a trifecta. A triumvirate, Keith. That's right. We'll be right back.